from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. The Canes lost two games over the weekend. Not ideal. Back-to-back games. Sometimes you'll write off the second one like, oh, you were exhausted. But when you lose the first, it's harder to just go like, well, it was an exhaustion thing. (laughs) Dallas and Buffalo. Back-to-back nights. The temptation is going to be for this entire year is to blame the goalies because of the conversations we've had all year about this guy getting hurt, that guy getting hurt, this one uh, getting the yips, that one having a concussion, this one needs to be replaced in a trade, that one was picked up off waivers a day ago. Like We've had so many talks about all of the challenges that the goalies are facing and that the goalies have forced the team to face. That it, there's, there is a temptation when anything goes wrong to just go like, they need to make a move for a goalie. I've been there. I've done it. The offense is the culprit in, in, in this weekend, right? It's, it's important to look at the goalies when they do a good job and to say they did a good job, right? You can't just be yelling at them. The temptation is to blame the goalies, but there's just no way. Kochekov played well on Saturday. Spencer Martin, well, we'll leave leave it to Rod to describe this one. Rod Brindamore uh, after the game on Sunday on the road in Buffalo. We were pretty awful, to be quite honest. I kind of knew this was going to happen with just the mentally. We were mentally not there. And that's what happens. We have a tough schedule and three and four nights with the travel. And just I could just feel it on the bench, everything. We were just not sharp. And thankfully, the one guy that had been rested, (laughs) Martin, was the difference tonight. And he got us a point because we, we we were not there tonight. Martin got him a point. There were moments where the defense, which is so rare for the Canes, was just out of position for significant stretches where then, you know, every defense gets out of position at times. But it just seems like with the Canes, because they're all so veteran, they're all so talented, they kind of fly back into position before, like, you know, as soon as you recognize, you're like, oh, gosh, this isn't going, oh, they're they're out of position, they're back, which is, you know, part of the, the, the genius of their their roster construction and their system is how good they are at preventing solid chances. But uh, on Sunday, there was a lot of like, oh, no, they're out of position. I guess Martin's going to have to make a tough save. Yeah, and he did. <laughs> and he did for a bulk of the time. Made a tough save, made a tough save, bailed out his guys, bailed out, bailed out his guys. And, and as you just heard, Rod Brindamore, Martin, the only guy that was rested, got him a point. Now, you can't react too over the top to one weekend of hockey. Right, those conversations we had for the last probably month about making a move for a goalie does not that was not spurned by any one game, right? It was not like, oh, goalie had a rough night, got a trade. It was over months, if not years, of instability at the goalie position that that leads you to, hey, I think they seriously need to look into Soros or Allen or Flurry or whoever else is available. They just need to look into it. But if you were already teetering on the edge, right? If Tom, uh, if if Don Waddell uh, was was already maybe of the belief that they needed to make a move for a goal scorer, this past weekend could easily easily put you over the top. It could easily be the straw that breaks the camel's back. It could easily be the 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 watching those games where you're thinking like, ah, you know, those two games might have been wins if we had one more sniper on on in our forwards. 
So it all depends on what you came into the weekend with. Where were you? Okay, so if you're going to add a forward, who are you taking out of the lineup? Well, I mean, tough. That's First, the thing because they're, they're, their 12 guys are established. Do you know who's playing their way into a lot more uh, trade ability slash trade value right now? Who is? D'Angelo. Yeah, because he's played for he's played a little bit of banged up and, Chatfield. And, and he's played well, scored. Mm-hmm. He did um, score last night. Now, obviously, as, as you've pointed out in the past, um, maybe you don't want to risk that, right? If he's playing so well as that seventh defender, why would you want to trade that when you know you have that seventh defender? It, it, I mean, you know, every, everything comes at an opportunity cost, right? And, and also, we don't know what's going on with Chatfield. My, my initial reaction, my initial gut feeling when he went out was they're just giving him a couple days to, to rest and get back. But now he's missed, what is it, three straight games? Yeah, so it's been a week. Yeah, which, again, could still be a rest, but who knows? <laughs> we don't get any information. Uh, which, why would you give us any information? It's a competitive advantage. But, um, I mean, and then up top, there's a lot of guys on expiring deals and picks, right? And then... There's a lot of things you you could do. Um, You know, I think certain guys have played their way into a really, really solid role. I think Bunting has played as well into a really solid role. There's obviously like four guys that aren't going to go anywhere. So, I mean, your your, your options are limited. But but I'll tell you what it felt like this weekend, right? This is the story of the weekend to me. Ajo is still Ajo. And he's starting to become, or probably already has become, a guy who, when you're, you're having conversations about this team, you, you almost single him out. It's like uh, DJ Horn with the, the NC State Wolfpack right now. Yeah. It's like even when they play bad, he had 30, so it's kind of like, all right, I'm going to talk to everybody but Horn. Uh, when I'm talking about the forwards, when Ajo is creating chances, it feels like it's supposed to feel, right? And obviously, you know, going back to Thursday, he had a wildly exciting game winner, uh, scored again. Like, he is creating chances it feels normal. When he's not the one creating the chance over this weekend, it felt just difficult. It felt labored, right? It, it felt like the puck weighed 10 pounds, and they just had to work harder to get it in, in, into scoring positions. And then when they did, right, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, Coke Kenyemi on the right side where, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm watching and I'm going like, shoot it, shoot, yep, unleash, shoot mm-hmm. it. It almost was like they they had worked so hard to get to that point. They had to grind. They had to pick and pull, and and, and it was like pulling teeth out there that once they got there, they were so precious with it that it wasn't like, if I take this shot, it might not be the best shot, and who knows how many of these shots we're going to get. So let me see if I can, you know, swing it back to Svetch in the middle because that that might be a, you know, a slightly better shot. And I'm going like, ah, just shoot. Just let it fly, man. Just let it fly. And, and. Uh, what was D'Angelo's goal? Fanned at it, right? <laughs> like, it was a one-timer, didn't make the best contact, probably was trying to go up top with it, ends up going five-hole for the goal. It's like when you have a great chance, just shoot it. Just shoot it. And and it just felt like they were working so, so hard for their chances that they almost were putting it on a pedestal. Like, I'm only going to shoot when it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And 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 – part of you needs to be that unconscious shooter, right? You need to be Kobe AI. You need to be like, you know what? Me taking a shot is always a good shot and, and just let it fly occasionally. You know, that's why Kokaniemi is there is to shoot. There are some numbers to back that up. Uh, they actually brought this up on the broadcast. I love it when yesterday. numbers back up the initial reaction. So in the month of October, the Canes were averaging 35 shots on goal per game. That was second most in the NHL. In November, it dropped to 33.4 shots per game, third most in the NHL. December, 
32 and a half shots per game. That's seventh in the NHL. This, again, this is on a per month basis. In January, 32.6 shots per game, 10th in the NHL. Mm. Okay, so you're still top 10. Month of February, 29.7, 20th in the NHL in shots on goal per game. This is a team that is notorious for having mm-hmm. high shot volume, high shot volume, high scoring chances, constantly having that. And this is something that I know Rob Moore even talked about before the game was getting back to the mentality of sometimes, yeah, you always want to look for the best shot, but there's no guarantee it's going to be there. If you got a good one, take it. And, Just and, take it. And that's a mindset thing. It, yeah, exactly. It's, it's just not being too precious. It's playing the game, and it's trusting your ability. Like I said, Kokiniemi, he, he's a guy that is there to score. And he he goes through slumps, don't get me wrong, and and <laughs> as, as Dennis gives me a big head nod on that one. But that, that you know, there's a saying, shooters shoot. If you're not willing to take that shot, you got to get off the ice, right? If, if you're not willing as as, like, the position you play to take that shot, Get somebody in there that will, right? Because, yeah, everybody worked really hard to put you in that situation, and if you're a little hesitant, it it becomes really frustrating. I'm here with Coach Pete from Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, tell us about your extended warranty. When you talk about retirement planning, what does that warranty mean? You have these lump sums in your 401ks, big balances. You get to retirement, though, and how do you know that money's going to last the rest of your life? We do that. We put together the extended warranty income plans, turning your lump sums into real lifetime retirement plans. The next 10 people will do it at no cost or obligation. Give them a call, Capital Financial Advisory Group, 800-691-3215, or you can just text Text my name, Tim, to 600-700. Make sure they know we sent you. Cam Newton was involved in a fight at a 7-on-7 high school football uh, off-season event yesterday. Videos went viral. It became a a thing that, that people had opinions on. I think there are two conversations to have. There's the serious conversation, and then there's the, the fun, laughing conversation. I think both... There's a place for So we're going to have them one at a time. Let's start with the serious conversation. Cam Newton is the founder of C1N, a program that is like a, like a, uh, basically a seven on seven team, a program, multiple different levels, multiple different, different ages. Uh, he donates his time, his cash, he funds. That is objectively good. Watching the video, and most of this reporting is done by The Athletic, uh, according to The Athletic, individuals involved with top-shelf performance, which is referred to in some of the tweets as TSP, a wide receiver training facility in Atlanta that also had teams at the event, uh, individuals involved with that group, approached Newton at the top of a set of steps underneath a Wee Ball Sports tent on Sunday. Newton was grabbed and a fight ensued. This is like the nuts and bolts of it, right? Uh, according to Nehemiah Mitchell, co-founder of Weeball Sports, who was the, the throwing the event, um, and Mitchell played it at Vanderbilt, so he's someone aware of the, the high-level football scene. Everyone involved in the altercation was removed from the event. That includes Newton. According to Mitchell, the two teams associated with uh, the two teams, one which was associated with Cam, the C1N, and Top Shelf, uh, played a heated game on Saturday. So that was the day before. And on Sunday, tensions boiled over between the, the two, two groups. First of all, and I think this is important to say, we'll never know what was said. We don't, like, in the, the intense game or whatever, we don't know what, what insults were hurled. We don't know what the kids said. We don't know what the coaches said. We don't know what anybody said. So I'm, I'm not even going to guess, okay? Second of all, I hate this for so many reasons. 
You will never find a bigger advocate for youth sports than than me. I think they're important. I credit most of, if not a lot of, like I, I credit a lot of the things that I like about myself as an adult uh, to my youth sports experiences, the lessons learned there, the interactions I had with with other teammates, coaches, family members. Youth sports to me are wildly important. So I hate anything negative that comes out of the youth sports world because I think it puts a black eye on something I care a ton about. Second of all, I love trash talk in competition. I think you go to sports in part to learn how you can let that kind of primal part go and 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 then after the game, it's back to normal. Like there is that kind of escapism where it's like you get to be primal, you get to scream. You maybe stop one short of taunting, but you get to talk trash. And when it boils over like this, when it goes from trash talking on the field to physical violence, it makes people want to get rid of trash talk altogether. And and it's very frustrating, right? Because I think that is a good lesson to learn. Part of the reason I like this job is because we can disagree and we can yell and we can scream and we can go, are you kidding me? You think the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl? Oh, you sound foolish. And then two minutes later, it's like, hey, you want to go get some food? Right? You don't take it personal because you're just arguing about sports. And, and the same is true. If, if me and, one of, and, and any of my best friends right now played one-on-one basketball, the trash talk that would take place during the one-on-one game would be intense and would make some people uncomfortable. And then immediately after, we'd be like, all right, let's catch up about family. Like, all right, what, what's going on? All right, well, whose house are we going back to? Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com. Third of all, it's not even the players. It's the adults in the situation. And wrapping up everything I just said is as the adults in the situation whether it's it's the TPS uh, the adults, whether it's Cam, it's it's everybody, whether it's the runners of the event, every adult around the kids has a a massive responsibility. And I'm not saying let yourself get pu- pushed around or let yourself get assaulted, but I'm saying everybody has to take on the massive responsibility to not let this happen. Because it's the role model thing. It's if you do it and you're okay with it, the player's going to be okay. It's it's part of being involved in youth sports. And I have examples in my life where I, I remember I was, I think, nine years old. Saw two parents going at it. And I remember it vividly. I remember a, 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 a guy in the stands getting on a, a umpire. Like the the guy, you know, you know, youth umpires, right? They're just out there small check but they like being a part of the <laughs> the the world i used to do that um and it's like it's not charity but it kind of is right like you could probably make more money doing something else you're not out there just for the check and uh i saw the umpire t- had to tell turn around and tell the uh the the parent who was flipping him the bird 
take it to the uh, parking lot, meet me there after the game. I'll break them off for you later. And I'm 10 years old going like, whoa. There is a responsibility by everyone involved not to let it get to that point. So I'm not, I'm not here just for the jokes about this one. I am here in part saying everybody has to do better at youth sporting events to make sure this doesn't happen because I am way, way, way too protective of kids' experiences in youth sports. As someone who used to coach college across, I would go to like high mm-hmm. school like recruiting events and things along those lines where you have like kind of like these versions of seven v sevens, but it's you know full field games nonetheless. And I would see sometimes coaches of teams or parents of players and stuff like that get into it. Yep. Like I'm like I'm not recruiting your kid because I also have to deal with you. I'm not going to deal with that crap I'm- from you. And it's 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 also it blows my mind that. Here's an ex-NFL player who is an MVP mm-hmm. that is putting on yep. an event that benefits these young, like, uh, these young, pl- these participating young players. in it. You, he doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be like the Cam Newton show. He's at an event. He's helping, which like, is, I mean, again, similar things you can remember from your kid. I remember every time I was within a hundred yards of an NFL player yeah. when I was in high school because it just didn't happen that often and it was a really cool experience, let alone an MVP. As it, but they're going to take the time to to disrespect the guy mm-hmm. who's actually helping. The reason why you're there and help got yep. this event take, to take place is Cam. Yep. So you're going to disrespect the guy that's actually putting this event on and actually is putting his – like he doesn't have to do anything. He can just do his podcast and sit at home and run his cigar shop and just be done with it. But he's – He's trying to make sure that young people, young athletes, have an opportunity to continue to grow and get better, but people are going to try and disrespect the guy. Like, I don't get it. Nikki, I don't get it. Nikki Brooks was on my, uh, like, like 10-year-old football team. His dad returned punts for the Browns for, like, two years. Mm-hmm. His dad would come speak to us once a year, our football team, and there was a massive buzz. Like, oh, we're going to get to talk to an NFL player. He returned kicks and punts for two years. Cam Newton is a, an MVP. He is a $100 million player. Just his presence there, right? I, I, hey, Mom, Dad, I caught a touchdown in front of Cam Newton. That's a story right there. I was at uh, the Delaware played at William & Mary. I'm, I'm University of Delaware grad, so I go to the game just because I, I want to bring my son to a Delaware game. I had multiple – because uh, and Cam Newton's little brother was on William & Mary. Okay. So, so Cam showed up. He was there. This was two years ago. He One year ago. He, whatever. Uh, that's not an important part of the story, Tim. Um, he showed up to watch. I had three different people who I did not know tell me Cam Newton was there. I'm like in line of concession. Somebody just turns around to a stranger. Did you hear Cam Newton's here? I sit down in my seat. The guy next to me. Did you hear Cam Newton's here? I get up to go to the bathroom, right? You're doing the whole wait at the for the trough. And then guys, <laughs> the guy next to me is like, you hear Cam Newton's here? I'm like, this guy is a big deal. I heard three times, and I don't know any of you. This wasn't like we were in conversation. This was they went out of their way to tell a stranger Cam Newton was there. And you know, fun fact, I never found him. I was looking for funny hats from across the way. Never found him. But uh, I was looking for him because I was like, hey, Cam Newton's here. Uh, so it was a big deal. And this is a black eye on a cool opportunity. Now, quickly here, I want to have the fun part. As a rule, okay, this is a fun part of the conversation because it's goofy. As a rule, don't fight the athletes that were seen as freaky athletic compared to the other freak athletes of pro sports. That's a good rule for not getting yourself embarrassed. 
Anybody who was surprised that three guys attacked Cam Newton, he got one on the or confronted and started a fight with attack is a is a you know in, in, inciting word. Um, anyone who's surprised that there were three there, Cam threw one to the ground, had one in a headlock while he dragged the other. You don't know what Cam Newton is capable of. The dude is six five, probably two forty five right now. Big dude. And he used to shrug off 310-pound defensive tackles. Um, I know people that are much smaller, much less athletic than him, and I would never fight those guys. So just just know what you're getting into. You're going to get yourself embarrassed. Maybe you thought you were going to be cool and have a story of, uh, hey, Cam Newton ain't going to do that to me. Well, guess what? Cam Newton physically is pretty much going to do whatever he wants to you because he's once (laughs) once you get in that situation – He's just bigger, taller, faster, stronger. Yeah, he ragdolled you. He's not that far out of the league, folks. I, I wouldn't, you know, if if you see, you know, and he's one of the freaky athletes. If you see like Calvin Johnson, if you see Aaron Donald, if you see the ones that are freaky, even amongst freak athletes, probably just want to stay away. Just just understand. How, hey Cam, can we have a conversation? Is how that one should start. Hey Cam, I got a few things I want to hash out with words. It's a good way to start. His hat didn't even fall off. On average, people spend over a third of their life sleeping, yet most sleep disorders go undiagnosed. I'm Megan Gigling, General Manager of Parkway Sleep Health Centers. Sleep struggles left untreated can lead to health problems and have a serious effect on your quality of life. We've served the Triangle for 20 years. Let us help you get the sleep you've been dreaming of. If you're in need of a sleep study, a knowledgeable doctor, CPAP machine, or supplies, Parkway has you covered. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit parkwaysleep.com. Sound sleep. Sound health.